Justin. I'm Maurice, and you're listening to Category Is. What's up, Maurice? How you doing? I'm pretty good. How about you? I'm good. I see we're matching. Great yeah. minds. <laughs> we did not coordinate. On. No. Yes. <laughs> yes, we give no. you our logo in the rainbow. In the rainbow. You know, keeping it very corporate for pride. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we had these uh we had these done for Pride Toronto last year when we went for yes. that. It was uh, amazing. It was a mess. Yeah, it was, but <laughs> but it was fun. Yeah. How you been? I've been good. Um I had a nice weekend. Saturday just yeah. lounged by the pool with the fam. We had a really nice barbecue. Okay. You know. I mean, I feel like, you know, now that it's gotten warm, I feel like people feel like Corona done going away. Corona's still very much alive. Well, yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, my family, you know, we've kind of been like hanging around each other and only each other. It is really, really hard to properly socially distance. But we hang around each other and, you know, that's it. So it's just, yeah. you know, only, no friends, just family at the pool. We have, you know, burgers and pasta salads and, all the fixings and kebabs and it was just nice. I was trying to work on this tan. <laughs> Still working. Um, I see. It, it, it takes work. It takes work. <laughs> some, okay. of, some of us don't have to work. Okay. Well, some of us <laughs> out here giving themselves skin cancer in order to get, well, give you bronze. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, I do use SPF. Please use SPF people. Black people do burn and we do get melanoma. Or is that melatonin? No, no melatonin helps you sleep. <laughs> melatonin, you know I don't that. I, I do. I take it every night. Really? Yeah. Because I have trouble. My ass. I have trouble falling asleep, so it's just like I need a little something. I have the exact opposite of falling asleep. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and then um, the narcoleptic lawyer. It's like no, <laughs> but then um. On Sunday, I had a nice rendezvous with someone special. Which one? Don't do that. Well, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm dating. I'm exploring the world, but I met someone very nice. We have a really nice connection. We had a nice time. We went while I'm hiking through his Wissahickon Trail, um, like a like an eight mile hike. And you know, had sandwiches and wine and just talking and hanging out. It was really, really nice. There was a lot of people on the trails, though. And a lot of people were not wearing their PPE. Um, just because it's so hot. And when you're breathing in the hot air, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. And I guess you're not social distancing. <sighs> no, bitch, I'm not. Okay. <laughs> like, no. I, mean, I mean, I am. But I'm very... I'm, very, 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 very selective. Again, that's not, it's not social distancing, I guess. No. It's like your third Corona Bay. No, it's not. It's my second. Oh. Okay. Don't, don't do that. <laughs> we have been a Corona that long. Let me not. It's, it's my, it's my second <laughs> and my last Corona Bay. Okay, girl. <laughs> okay. How was, how was, how was your weekend? It was good. It was chill. Um, on, um, I just had like some work stuff to do, um, some projects I was working on, and then uh, mm -hmm. spent some time with the doggy and just you know chilled oh, out. Stanley, 
Yeah. Oh, how's he doing? He's good. You know, he's getting older. Um, uh-huh. So it's, it's like, um, you know. Mm-hmm. It's, Him and Lola need a little lay date because they're too old to play. They can just lay around. Yeah, well, he's he going to sleep the whole time. <laughs> That's what he does. No. But other than that, it was pretty chill. Cool. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into our cocktails for the week. All right. I actually prepared something this time. I'm not drinking a, a saucer water thingy. Yeah. Good. <laughs> um, I'm having a lovely cocktail. It's a little bit slushy. I don't usually do slushy cocktails. But that's just how it came out. But it's okay. just fresh watermelon and um, jalapeno, cucumber, lime juice, and vodka. Okay. It's really tasty. I was going to do a watermelon cocktail, but... I'm real really? particular, but I'm really like self-conscious about consuming watermelon in public. And oh, this I, so I just don't. <laughs> yeah, so I just don't. <laughs> Why? Um, well, yeah, well, you know. Of the historical thing. The, yeah, trying, yeah. This, so this just, is a safe space. Don't. We're tearing down those things. Yeah, I mean, Have it's just, watermelon. Yeah, it's like I just I just don't. I'm just really cognizant of not not consuming it in public, and it's kind of like I don't eat corn on the cob in public either. Oh, that's just because it's because it and it gets in your teeth, and then you just you have to floss, and you know, right, so I just right. Don't. Yeah, but this week I made it's like a cucumber martini, so it's because um, I wanted something like you know really refreshing and just right. light, and you know, so. Muddle some cucumbers, a little lemon juice, some mint, and vodka. Nice. Yeah, pretty good. Got my garnish well, going. Cheers. Yes. Okay, garnish. Oh, I see. Oh, you did the nice yeah. long thing. Yeah. I thought there was a dollar bill or something. <laughs> <laughs> Not well, cheers. Toast. Bravo mm. to you. Yes. The man of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> Best Mariah Carey standing up. Somebody sent me some flowers. But okay, on with the show. (laughs) You You are pressed, girl. Keep something for yourself. Okay, you're right. You're right. Because all before you were like, oh, I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to talk about my personal life. And I don't talk about my personal life. I don't. You got a little. A little good situation, so that's good. Good for you. Okay. No, it's spring. We're sprung. It's okay. Clearly. <laughs> but good for you. Enjoy it. Thank you. <laughs> well, let's hop into the categories for this week. Category is Insecure Recap. Yeah. Did you watch the penultimate episode? I watched it um, actually today. So like uh, okay. a couple hours ago. Um. So this episode was directed by Carrie Washington. And, you know, it's good to see. What? <laughs> she, she does that thing with her teeth. Does she? <laughs> That's yeah. what all the memes are. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> directed by Carrie Washington. Good to see, you know, because she ain't been employed in a minute. What are you talking about? She stayed with she a job. What's she been on? Uh, little fires, the little everywhere. fires everywhere. That wrapped a long time ago. That check is already paid out. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's hard out here. 
It's it is. The scandal was a minute ago. I watched actually. She did. Um, a, she did American Son on Netflix after oh, the play wrap. And she was on. I forgot she was on Fantastic Four. Cause that came on. You know, it comes. It came on after like King of Queens, and she was in um, in that movie, the first one. Oh, I, I had no idea. I still am just yeah. proud of her. She's she's come a long way since Save the Last Dance, where she didn't even dance. <laughs> Shout out to Funky Daddy. <laughs> but, so the episode um, of Insecure was kind of like the follow-up to last episode where it starts off with Issa and Lawrence are getting it back going and they spend a lot of time on that on that sofa. So I guess they have in quarantine days as well. <laughs> and I personally don't like them together. <sighs> okay. Oh, Lawrence looks great. He's looking good. He's looking good, yeah. He's he, he looking good. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like them together either. I just feel like... Well, mm-hmm. Leave it in the past. Move on. Like, if you want to be friends... But do straight people even be friends with their ex like that? Is that a thing? Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. And I don't see yeah. the purpose in straight people being friends with their ex. I mean, only reason gays are friends with their exes is because you, otherwise you'd have no friends. That's um, true. <laughs> but I don't, I don't like them together. I just don't see yeah. where this is going. Well, I think for me, um, like I just want them to spend like some actual time apart and put some real distance in between whatever feelings were there or are there. Because I feel like it's, very muddy and I don't like how they kind of retcon some of the scenarios and they just kind of like the whole Condoleezza thing he was just like oh yeah we talked she good and they just moved on to the next and it was like okay well just last week she was blowing up your phone like it was urgent and it just didn't really make sense that like they just give you a little piece of information and try to make you think that you know that whole storyline is just gone dead so right I didn't really like that part um then, like, even with, like, the roommate, Nate, Ghost Bay, like, all of a right. sudden now he's moving out. Like, did I miss something? Because, you know, it, there was, like, no, hey, I'm thinking of moving out. And, you know, there's, like, a search for the apartment or, like, anything like that. Unless I miss it. And he's Andrew's roommate. He, yeah. And so. Right. Your little no, apartment's cute. Yeah. But there was no kind of in-between to explain why he was moving or anything like where's he that. where's he going is he going where's, where's he, he going? going yeah and then yeah. But he, he did explain to Issa that you know the reason that he kind of just ghosted on her was because last he was having season. mental health issues last mm-hmm. season correct and he found out that he was diagnosed with bipolar disorder mm-hmm. we don't know if it's bipolar one or two not that it matters because it's none of our business mm-hmm. <laughs> but he's Hippa bipolar. laws girl what you say Oh, HIPAA laws. <laughs> HIPAA laws. <laughs> yes, he, he ain't signed no HIPAA authorization. Exactly. But, um, yeah, it's just, but then, he, like, it seems to be, like, all is forgiven. And I think that that is definitely an explanation for Issa. But, like, okay, well, you found out she was diagnosed last year. Where are you still yeah. been? Yeah. You know, like, that's just not an excuse. It's mm-hmm. a, it, 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 it gives me understanding of why you did what you did, but it doesn't excuse 
the behavior. Right, right. All the way. So then, so I guess at one point, um, Molly comes home from work. She goes to her boyfriend, Andrew's house. Mm-hmm. She brings, like, takeout. And then I guess Issa and Nathan return. And Molly's there, and it's a little awkward. Mm-hmm. Because they had that meeting in, the, in kind of midway through the episode, Molly and Issa did. Yes. And then, but they didn't address, like, that big issue and the big blow-up fl- fight that they had at the blog party. Right. So Which that was a missed I kinda, opportunity. It was definitely a missed opportunity. I think that Issa is really passive-aggressive and she doesn't like conflict. She's very conflict-avoidant. I yeah. think that Molly... I don't think that she welcomes conflict, but I don't think she's going to back down from a conflict, but I think that she's very prideful and she wanted Issa to kind of apologize, gravel, or at least allow, because Issa reached out to her, she yeah. Issa should have set the tone for what the conversation was going to be. Yeah. And she should have initiated, you know, some form of broaching the topic because <laughs> right. when she got, when she got back and Andrew was like, so, you know, did y'all talk? And he was like, no, he's like, did you bring it up? And, she, and he, Molly says, no, I thought Issa was going to, because like you just said, you know, he, she was the one who initiated contact. And if you invite me somewhere, I'm thinking, okay, you're inviting me here because you want to talk about X, Y, Z. Or you don't want to talk about it. So I'm not going to be the one to bring it up. You were the one to extend the invite. I get, I do get that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so then I guess, so afterwards, the two roommates, Andrew and Nathan, are kind of hanging and the girls decide to hang back and they're playing like this drinking game, which I think is a great idea. It's called Celebrity Height. Yeah. I did yeah. not realize that Bernie Sanders was six foot. <laughs> yeah, I need to Google that. I was like, really? I thought he was just like a little tiny old man. Mm-hmm. But So they're playing the game mm-hmm. and this is the moment I hollered because I have done this not once, not twice, but all the more time. times than I can count. I was like, I All the time. am Molly. How many times do I text somebody talking about them? And I mean to text someone else. Or I text somebody saying shit or being gossipy or being evil and I send it directly to them instead of to the person yeah. I intended. You know I've done that. You do that all <laughs> the time. <laughs> so when Molly did that, I was like, mm-hmm. yo, I feel you, sis. Because she was trying to keep the game going. And she basically just texted her. She meant to text her boyfriend that she was trying with Issa to, like, be nice and make it work. Because he was the one that was kind of pushing and goading uh, Molly to kind of, you know, make amends and, and mm-hmm. see where it can go. And she was, she was like, see, babe, I'm trying, or, you know, I'm trying to make it work with her. And it was really awkward And Issa left. I understand why Issa would have left. But I feel I like... I didn't. Right. Because it wasn't like she was dragging her or yeah. talking shit on her yeah she was trying she was trying more so than molly was i mean than Issa was yeah yeah like i didn't understand the abrupt you know what i'm out of here like she didn't say anything like see i'm trying you know with this bitch and she it, it was nothing like negative or you know antagonistic it was like see one question mark i'm trying with her right. like I'm, hey i'm trying you know i'm trying to do whatever. Is she whatever. Really, is she, is she really was because at first she's like, I'm going to go, but she stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, but the opportunity again was missed when they were out on the sidewalk. And, <coughs> excuse me, um, Molly was like, you never even brought it up. Like, you, you, there's an elephant in the room that you don't even want to address. And Issa was just again like, well, I thought you would bring it up. And that's just Issa's passive-aggressive, manipulative 
ways. Like, to me, I'm just like, if we're uncomfortable, let's just address this shit flat out. But the episode kind of ended with it not being resolved. And right. I feel like, to Molly's point, she's like, maybe you're just, we're just at different points in our life and we're different people and we can no longer relate like we can. But I don't know if that's true because when they were both trying to play in the game, it felt effortless. It felt like the old Molly and Lisa. And it just seemed yeah. like a really petty, petty situation that they should be able to get over. But I can speak from my own, you know, real life examples. Sometimes you can just get tired of trying and you don't want to put forth that much well, effort. Well, yes. I think, you know, if there's a constant, you know, effort being made and if there's a constant, you know, attempt to talk about it, get through it, you know, work it out, apologies, back and forth, you know, if there was that amount of effort, mm-hmm. then, yeah, I understand. Like, girl, okay, I, you know, it, it's been months and we still are, you know, in the same place. How about we just aren't, probably aren't going to be friends anymore. Okay. But this, they only had one conversation and it wasn't even like a full right. conversation. It was after, you know, a, a text that went to the wrong person. And right. that's the reason that we're not going to be friends anymore. It's like, okay, I, I didn't, I think Issa's reaction wasn't equivalent to that text being sent. And I, don't, I think that- It, 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 it definitely wasn't. Yeah. Because then, her, I just, she should have just said something smart back or just text what mm-hmm. she texted back and kept it moving. Yeah. And then, because I feel like it would have been like, <laughs> you know, she, she texted Molly back, said, I don't think this text was for me. And then Molly was like, ooh, and that might have been the opportunity to talk about it. Or like, girl, you know what? Let's go outside real quick and talk about this. Let's go in, in the back room and talk about this. You know, and they didn't do that. And I think Molly, um, Issa wanting to abruptly leave and not deal with it is... It was kind of immature. It was, yeah, immature. It, was Im- it was immature. And then to say, well, you know, Look, Issa, I've been trying to talk to you for months, you know. And then, Mo- but Mo- Molly's response was, you know, maybe we just shouldn't be friends anymore. That was a little, you know, unnecessary and dramatic. Yeah, it was a bit much, too. And I'm, I'm tired of both their ass. I really would yeah. just like Kelly and um, Tiffany to have a spinoff. That's what I'm more interested in at this point. Not Tiffany, but definitely Kelly. Why? But... Tiffany's like one of my favorite characters. Um, they kind of dropped her storyline. Maybe it'll come next week with the whole yeah. um, postpartum depression. Mm, I think but, it has to do with the person who plays the character. Yeah, I don't like her. Mm-hmm. But, um, I don't know. I mean, it was this. It's going to be a lot to kind of pack into the finale next week, which is only thirty minutes. And I mean, it's a lot that we need. And like, I'm looking for the answers. Just like they looking for Latoya. So. <laughs> Where is Latoya? Where is she? <laughs> Apparently she was at Red Lobster. <laughs> I mean, Did you see they found the they Toyota. Had, yeah, and they had the, um, they interviewed the two Red Lobster employees and they were I like, did. we don't snitch. <laughs> <laughs> uh, mess. Yeah, but I don't know, we'll mm. see. Well, moving on from the fantasy, fantastical world, to the real world. This past week has been all too real. Our, our episode con- last week was kind of somber, but I think it was just real and reflective. Yeah. And the times, and I think that, you know, 
what our show does is it's reflective of the times. It is a weekly podcast. So we're giving it to you as we get it every week. And I think that just being a Black person in this country, it's a heavy load to bear sometimes. And you just be exhausted. Mm. And I know, like, even for me, like, you know, Sunday was the first time, like, in a week that I didn't think about Black Lives Matter, protests, nothing. I was just hiking in the woods and having a good old time. And I needed it for my soul because it's exhausting thinking about that all the time, you know? But, you know, I think that there was so much activity on social media. And because I want to stay abreast of what's happening in social media is a quick and sometimes mindless way to do that. I found myself frustrated over the past week with a lot of the things that I saw. But I also found myself really well, inspired with a lot of the things that I saw. What was your take on like social media this past week in relation to the uprising? <laughs> it was a lot. Um, it was a lot. I, I have kind of a, I wouldn't say this is going to sound very flippant and just aloof, but when I saw all those, when I saw all those people on the parkway in um, here in Philly, and they went to the they started at the art museum, then they went to city hall, and then allegedly they went back to the art museum, which it was mm-hmm. like ninety degrees that day, and I was like, it's it too hot for that. But <laughs> I um. And this was like in the morning. So they, they closed all the streets down um, at like 11 a.m. And then they were supposed to open up like around sometime mid-afternoon. And so like I had ordered some food. <laughs> oh, they fucking and, with your food. <laughs> yeah. And then like I was on the phone with my, my niece FaceTime, my niece and my nephew, they FaceTime me. And uh, it was cute like talking to them. And then um I was so then after I got off the call, I was like, wait, my food should have been here like by now. And then I check and they were like, you know, it's gonna be delayed, delayed, delayed. So the time keeps like going back. And then they message me, they email me, and they're like, Your order is canceled because of the situation in your area. And I was like, it was arrested, they was arresting the caviar <laughs> bikers. I'm like, I can't get my food. Because of this protest, so, but I just think that, you know, it's good to see people out. I was concerned because there weren't, I didn't see a lot of masks on people, so I know in a few weeks there will be a COVID spike. Yes, yes, there will, Um, COVID is still a thing. Yeah, and then I think the main thing, I think people co-opting the situation in order to bring attention to themselves. And here in Philadelphia, there was a couple who decided to get married. Well, first there was a couple somewhere. I don't know where they were. They got engaged like during one of the protests. And they they were blown up on social media. Okay. And the guy was like, I didn't even know I was going to propose. But you had a ring in your pocket? Sir. Okay. People are so fucking thirsty. Yeah, just for attention. Thirsty for attention. It's disgusting, yeah. quite frankly. But continue. And then there was a couple here in Philadelphia that got married. Like she had a full gown. He was in a tux. It was like ninety-five degrees. And then you see them holding up the black power fist. I'm like, 
Did you buy the Logan Hotel? Yeah, they absolutely did fucking plan that because they're like, oh, yeah. it was our wedding day, bitch. No, weddings have been canceled, backlog. They rebooking. Ain't no way that the city didn't even open up yet all the way. But, right. your, but your wedding was on at that hotel. You're a fucking liar. Y'all wanted yeah. some clout. Y'all wanted to get your little 15 seconds of fame because that's all it is these days. Is 15 yeah. seconds. You know, her beat was terrible. I don't know who did her makeup. Them lashes was a mess, too. Well, you know, she didn't use a right glue. They were slipping. It was cock <laughs> yeah. she, she just looked a mess. But to me, and you know, there's people like cheering them on, and that's great. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, this is bigger than you. This is a movement for racial justice, for, you know, police reform or defunding, which I quite, I'm still learning about because I, well, that confuses me, but I'm educating myself on it. Okay. Um, So I'm not going to speak on it because I don't, no, I need to read more about it. Okay. And it's just like, but there's so many things they're talking about, you know, like just inequity in every way in which it touches black people specifically. Right, but you're yeah. gonna take this moment, this uprising, and for me it was so inspiring to see not only just black people out here, because how many times is it just black people out here? Racism mm-hmm. was not built by us, it was not built to benefit us, it was built to oppress us. We don't have the right. ability to deconstruct it. The people who have the ability to deconstruct it were out there, and that was so inspiring to me, Yeah, and that yeah. was important. And the fact that it's been going on this long, because you know, people got short attention spans. So I'm a little bit hopeful that we're at, like, you can feel the energy in this palpable, but there's this tipping mm-hmm. point Yeah, that's going to happen. So I'm hopeful. But, you know, I'm also a half-glass empty bitch. And people are fickle. And people just don't, I don't, I, don't, I, I am cynical in some ways. I'm also very distrustful of the system um, and systems in general. Yeah. But I'm, I'm choosing to be hopeful. It was really, no, you would not catch me at a protest. Not because I don't support yeah. it. But I'm just not at that phase of my life. And I also feel like there's, like, this well, shaming that happens, uh-huh. especially on social media. Like, I didn't participate in, Bla- participate in Blackout Tuesday. One, because I thought it was stupid as fuck. Um, but also, I'm just over, like, the symbolism. Like, yes, we can have all this well, symbolism, but symbolism mm-hmm. doesn't change things. What changes things is policy. What changes things is laws. What changes things is organizations and activism. And... Right. That's what Michelle said, and she gave one of those commencement speeches, and she was like, we have to move beyond just hashtags and posts, and if you really want to, you know, change something, you have to be active, you have to vote, you know, you have to do, mm-hmm. actually do things. And Yeah, you have to, like, go to jury duty, like, that's a civic process that everyone runs mm-hmm. from, you have to vote, you have to, you know engage in the political process you have to write your senators you have it's not but i feel like the reason that protesting is so attractive is because it does have this revolutionary sense and i think that our country was founded you know in tea parties and revolution and beating the british mm-hmm. and civil wars and we have always had like these leaders who are magnanimous and people hope that they can be that but you can't go from being an only fans dude to being martin Luther king it just don't work like that well, it's just i mean and i get that everyone has a role to play and everyone wants to feel like they have to say something but i don't need to say anything on social media i'm sorry i'm black me living as a black gay person every day in this world is revolutionary enough i don't have to post anything on social media to prove that to anybody i know where i stand and to me i feel like there's an over awareness there is an inundation of inaccurate information and a lot of information is also really redundant and not helpful in I think that, you know, 
the role I play is I donated to two organizations this week. That's what I do. But, but I'm not going down to the protest, no ma'am. I'm not either because one, it was too hot for me to too be hot. out there. And I don't do crowds like that, especially not in a pandemic situation because I logistically, mm-hmm. where the bathroom's at? That's my you know, main You know, I, I don't like crowds either because I'm always afraid like a stampede's gonna happen. I'm just not putting myself in that situation because it does right. give me serious anxiety. Um, also, the one thing I'm going to speak to, I'm not shaming anyone for taking their children, but I'm not going to lie. When I see young children out at these protests, mm-hmm. children strapped to chests and backs, you know, pregnant mothers out here with no masks mm-hmm. or PPE, mm-hmm. I, I, I raise an eyebrow. And I'm not trying to judge anyone who's a parent because I'm not one. However, I'm not going to endanger my unborn child for this movement. I'm going to support right from my couch or some other way to the state. <laughs> I'm not going to bring my very yes. young child into this. I, I might let them well, watch on TV. I might try to explain it at home. But I do mm-hmm. believe that protest is important and it, people have the right to assemble peacefully and to make their voices be heard. It is a part of being an American and I mm-hmm. absolutely want to support this First Amendment right. But she can go left. And I will be called out of my baby running from people it's just too risky for yeah you, you won't yeah. you won't catch me with no babies at no protest i just don't think it's a safe space and low-key i'm questioning you as a parent that's just well sorry i'm calling dss thank you <laughs> yes. All right, does, it, can, it can go left quick but moving on moving okay. on yeah um and other political news well it's not well that's a social movement so i'm not going to say political but we now have a democratic nominee it's going to be uncle joe oh well i I skipped over something so (laughs) the other politicians did you see nancy pelosi in there i was concerned for nancy because nancy is like 80 and (laughs) she looked like she couldn't get back up (laughs) <laughs> like eight minutes is Didn't a long time old. to be kneeling and she had on them pumps too i was like girl uh-uh. mm-hmm. but the she, one she man was... if you did you watch the video because the man on like the right side of the screen he was like tipping over mm-hmm. i, I thought like, he looked oh. like he was just sitting at one point because let me tell you my 30 my 33 year old knees can't handle it's a long time to kneel they didn't even have like, no know, pads down on the floor or nothing like thank you no i pads. wouldn't even put a pillow down or something <laughs> right uh-uh yeah and th- but what got me i mean i get, but again to me it's just like all this empty symbolism that that eight minutes could have been well spent doing something lola sorry <laughs> that eight minutes could have been spent doing something else yeah um i yeah. get that it is a symbolic gesture but you know, time is a resource that you can't get back. And I mean, I get it. It was nice that they did it. But what really got me was that Kente cloth. I don't know who yeah. wore it or who told them to wear it, but that was well. So all of them had on those Kente cloths sold. And you know, we're not having graduations right now. So they got a warehouse <laughs> full of them somewhere. And so somebody was like, look, Howard ain't graduated. Let's get all them Kente cloths. 
All of them. All of them kept taking stones. Sent them down to down to the capital. And so that's what I mean, that's essentially what they were. They were like every and you know that's, that's those graduation stoles. It was a graduation, the Kente cloth. So usually you have your class of 2020 was probably embro- embroidered down to the bottom. <laughs> I didn't see the bottom, but it was probably on there. It was probably on there. But somebody black was student like, alliance got them. It was, I don't know who told them to do that. I feel like it was a misstep. Yeah. I feel like it was appropriate. It was appropriative-ish. It was yeah. not, it's not really even related because a lot of black people in America don't even wear kente and again like kente is used for specific ceremonies and corresponds to specific tribes and you wouldn't even have to do that y'all doing the most by simultaneously doing least it was just y'all should have y'all should have just left that out and then the other lady had the mask with her kente mask yeah oh shit yeah doing the most Mm -hmm. i mean they gotta use it up hey Well, I hope that they I hope they return them stores to Howard for class of 2021 graduation. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh man. So Justin jumped the gun a little bit, but Sorry. <laughs> we do have some political news. Um so Uncle Joe Biden secured the Democratic nomination. You need nineteen hundred and ninety-one delegates in order to win the nomination. Because even though he was the last one standing after Uncle Bernie dropped out um, in what, April? That's six foot tall, um, Uncle Bernie to me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so after, he dropped out in, in April. And so they were just saying Biden was the presumptive nominee because nobody else was still in the race. And, right. but, now he's the, but now he's the official nominee. And now we're gonna see um, just everything really, really coalesced behind him. And, um, but what's been getting news, I think recently, is they call it the Veep Stakes. So who is Bernie going to pick for his vice president, for his running mate? Um, given the current situation, I just think all the white, because he, he committed to picking a woman. Right. Um, so I feel like that leaves us, Warren, Klobuchar and Harris. Well, and he could also pick some non like people, like other people who yeah, are not running for president, but I don't think he's going to. Yeah. Well, so with the current situation, um, so Elizabeth Warren is a senator from a Republican state. So if she were to be the vice president, then the Republican governor would appoint someone to fill her seat, which would be most likely a Republican. They don't want to take that risk um, right. to lose the seat in the Senate. And, that's, and Vermont doesn't have that many electoral votes. Massachusetts. Anyway. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, Massachusetts. <laughs> um, <laughs> up until the whole George Floyd situation, Klobuchar was like at the top of the list. I think I think really the list were, was down to two people, and they but they were probably weighing you know the pros and cons of, of these two two women. So Klobuchar mm-hmm. um, was a prosecutor from Minnesota. She was um, attorney general. 
I don't know her though, but she didn't bring. No, she was a district mm-hmm. attorney. No, I don't think she was a district attorney. I think she might have been a U.S. attorney. I'm not really sure though. I don't know her. Okay. I don't know her life. I don't know. Either, <laughs> but anyway, being that she is from Minnesota and had her office had direct issues dealings with, they didn't bring charges against this very same police officer who murdered George Floyd. She's not. Like, she lost everything right there yeah. <laughs> because she's a liability at this point. Um, 2020 has come for her super hard. Like, her husband yeah. almost died of the COVID. Yeah. She lost yeah. her VP. Yeah. Oof. So I just think that um, given the current state that we're in, the current situation, he has to pick a Black woman. Like, has to. Right. And there's been um, demands from some Black women saying that he needs to pick a Black woman. Yeah, um, so <laughs> power concedes nothing without a demand. That's Frederick Douglass. But girl, Stacey Abrams, you can't be demanding nothing. And you don't got the, I mean, I understand you have to apply for a job in order to get it. <laughs> but <laughs> girl, girl, like you can't, I'm going to put this in, in I'm going to frame this in a manner that Stacy will understand. So this is like Stacy going to the best steakhouse in the country. Stop. What? Continue, continue. Like you just had to go there. <laughs> best steakhouse in the country, right? And applying to be the executive chef there. And they're like, okay, well, what are your credentials? And she's telling them, well, I made a ham sandwich or two down at the house. So I deserve to be executive chef here. Like, girl, it don't work like that. Like, it does not work like that. It don't. Because some ham sandwiches wasn't even hitting. <laughs> right. I'm just right. mad to her. I don't know. I just, to me, it's just a little bit, it's not very humble. And I think that there are people who are more qualified than she. Right. That's right. just what it comes down to. I yeah. think that there are people who are more experienced, who are mm-hmm. more prepared and who are more just qualified. And I think that would make a better vice president. I think mm-hmm. that there's also special considerations in that, you know, Joe is old. And I don't know that yeah. we're gonna get two terms out of him. Well, he had said previously that he was only gonna do one. Right. Cause so if I he think elected, that, he would be the oldest person. Exactly. exactly. So I think that we need to kind of put like a v, slide a VP in there who has the ability to like mm-hmm. have, you know, some substantial responsibilities, more mm-hmm. so than the average VP, and kind of like roll them into re-election after Joe's four years. You see what right. I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Um, so, and I, honestly, I mean, you know, I I love Lisa Kamala. She was my candidate number one from jump. Mm-hmm. I was watching the news today. She was making her rounds at the CNN and the MSNBC. She and was on the View also. She was on the View. Yeah, she's, she's just a smart woman. She's competent. You know. Yeah, did she do some shit as a, a prosecutor and as attorney general of the state of California, the largest state in the union? Sure. But like, I feel like sometimes these super, super progressives, because I've always thought of myself as a progressive, but that's a blade I've been told I'm not. Um, but like, she's, uh, we have to operate within systems. You can't just abolish the systems. You have to just do the best that you can sometimes in those systems. Well, um, but I think I, I just, she has my vote. I just want her to be vice president. And that's all I have to say about that. 
Yeah. So I think, um, so I talk to my friend Nick about this pretty much almost every day. And we, uh-huh. we kind of go through like the rankings and stuff. So um, shout out to Nick Smith News on Instagram. So the list hey, of, of the list of black women is like five. Really, if you look at it, it's much less than that. So Stacey Abrams, girl by. They throw out Susan Rice's name. She was um, former UN ambassador. She was national security advisor under um, Obama. But I think the Benghazi... She likes charisma. Yeah, so the Benghazi drama is gonna, you know, the whole plague killer. I think that's gonna be iffy for her. But what disqualifies her for me is that eyeliner that she was using in her (laughs) Wikipedia page go to her wikipedia page and you see this dark line just messed up disqualified she did she did she did eyeliner on the waterline on the bottom line just the bottom just the bottom and that's it oh susan yeah you gotta get you like, a new mua honey girl <laughs> <laughs> a mess keisha lance bottoms is also allegedly on the list mayor of atlanta georgia I'm a um, fan of Mayor Bottoms. I think Mayor Bottoms is smart, brilliant, but 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 she ain't ready. Uh, she 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 lacks nerve. No, she lacks uniqueness. And Mama cannot cook. Go to her Instagram page, and she be <laughs> she posts the meals that she makes, and they look disgusting. Oh, Mayor making struggle meals. Yeah, like <laughs> cooking for Bay meals, and I'm like, girl, uh uh-uh. uh. You can't be up at the how, Naval Observatory doing that. How is her plating? Horrible. Mm. Oh, man. She got a nice little backdrop, though, but still. Okay. Um, <laughs> she need to worry about Freak Nick more than she need to be worried <laughs> about BP. Um, but then also, who has been um, kind of increasing in stature, I guess, because of the whole um george floyd um situation valdez vanita demings from florida congresswoman val demings um she was on the impeachment um she was the impeachment manager one of them at the beginning of the year dark skinned chocolate woman with old nasty bob um she was Mm -hmm. a former former um social worker and she was the first uh female police chief in orlando florida um, I don't see it for Val because outside of Florida, I don't think she has it like that. And really outside right. of Orlando, outside of her district, I don't think she has it like that because, right. um, but that's a key yeah, state. I just, but, but, but people don't, but people don't know her like that. And it's already July yeah. for intensive yeah. purposes. Elections in the smooth four or five months. Yeah. So for me, I think, you know, just experience and just everything else charisma um personality (laughs) nerve and talent Uh, (laughs) yeah i think i think kamala has it and i do i think think that i don't like i do i want it to be a black woman for sure and i've wanted that for a while because I think we talked about that like even last when they were even running for, for um for president. We both wanted Kamala. But I think that just throwing any black woman is not gonna do it. Because uh, Joe is old. Yeah, Joe is old. 
he's going to be a one-term president, hope, you know, hopefully. Um, and then, so that person needs to be ready on day one. And all the women on this list, I don't think they're ready, with the exception of Kamala Harris. She ain't so. ready. Huh? Opposite of Tiffany Haddish. She ain't ready. <laughs> yeah. But I think Kamala has it. So we'll see. Okay. Well, I'm voting for Kamala. Well, it don't quite work like that. But I'm writing <laughs> her in. Okay. I'm writing her in. Yeah. So we'll know by, um, he said by August 1st, but maybe a bit more. Yeah. We'll see. That seems a little late. Like, is he going well, think... to print up buttons and stuff? Right. So I think in, the in August long 1st. Right. The August 1st date, I think, was after all of, most of the um, primaries were would end by August 1st. So I think right. that um, he didn't want to be like presumptuous because before he said like by, before July 1st, which is only in a couple of weeks. So I, I think he was probably trying to look at the calendar and say, OK, well, I don't want to be presumptive and say I'm going to have a lockdown by a certain date. So. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now it's time for the next segment of the show. It is, I said what I said. You want to go first? Yeah, so I had a different, I'll go first. I had a different, I said what I said. Um, I had a different one for this week, but I decided to shelve it. um, Because I was going to talk about how Snoop Dogg said this is going to be the first time he's ever voted in his life. But that's another conversation for another day because Snoop is old. Oh, like, that's, a, that's a lot of elections he done missed. Yeah, like he came of age, I think, in 89. So he missed the 88 election, but girl, I'm 92, 96. And all the midterms. Yeah. All the locals. Yeah. Okay. Trifling ass. Very trifling. But so my I said what I said for this week. Um, so I think I talked about watching this show on Apple Plus called Trying. And it's about this British family in Camden and they're um, looking to adopt a baby. So it just, it's a mess of a show because this, this couple is <laughs> it's horrible. Like they don't need nobody's kid. But it's funny to watch the journey. I think they would make good parents, but... Um, yeah, they're going to need that social worker coming in all the time. But it made me think of this story that's been going on um, across social media and across um, the news waves this week. So I don't know if you've heard about this lady named Micah Stouffer. Continue. I might have. So she is this white woman. I don't know where she lives. Um, But she has a, a vlog on YouTube. Maybe she does Instagram content as well. And she has, um, so she's married to this guy. He also has his own blog. And then and they adopted joint- the baby, the baby. Boy. Yes. So then jointly okay. they have a, a vlog together. That's like their family mm-hmm. vlog or whatever. And so they do sponsored posts. They make lots of money um, based on the views and the clicks and the likes and the subscribes and all, everything. So they had a, she did a series of adoption story videos. So they had three kids. Um, then they decided to go on an adoption journey. They, okay. yeah, so they decided to adopt a kid from China. 
she got her subscribers to pay for the adoption by doing like GoFundMe shit. Like it was kind of like a is it called cameo or something? Where they like well, like, it was oh, some, like call call and wish you happy birthday. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. It was like some kind of like donation situation. Well, I don't think it was quite a GoFundMe, but they got money. No, it was like if you donate X amount of money, you get to watch like this premium content, basically. Oh, like Patreon. Um, yeah, like Patreon or like OnlyFans or like, <laughs> <laughs> um, something else. And so they paid for like basically the adoption. They paid for her her trips to China. Um, so they adopt the kid. He's been there for like he was there for like a few years. They end up mm-hmm. having like another baby, so like their fourth biological baby, and then they have, you know, this adopted son. That's five kids, um, and then recently she, people kept commenting like, "Oh, we haven't seen the Asian kid right. on your site anymore. Like, mm-hmm. what's going on?" So they're asking like questions in the count, like, "What's going on? Where is he? Where is he? Where is he?" And because keep in mind, she's like posting videos. She's posting this, you know, she had this whole like year and a half series about this adoption story. And got people want to see the receipts. Yeah. Hundreds of thousands of followers based on this. I don't know how much money, but I'm sure a lot of money. Um, So then she releases a video and it was so produced and, you know, just, you could tell it had like cry now come up on the screen because like then she starts crying and then the husband starts crying and they rehomed the child the that they got from china they and, gave him up for adoption yeah so twice they said that he um so she said that he couldn't understand he couldn't understand me and of course not bitch like he speaks chinese <laughs> like, <laughs> what? And then she said he wasn't learning English words fast enough. And then um she says that he was too aggressive when like the kids were playing and like you know how kids like play fight and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um so she said he was too aggressive to her biological kid. So there was already kind of some, you know, disconnect there. And then then she said that oh he had a learning disability too on top of that. And I'm like, okay, but that's not reason to give up this child that you, you know, because when you adopt a right. kid, it wasn't like a foster situation where you take these older kids who, you know, have issues and trauma going on, you don't, and, and then, you know, it's just a temporary situation. This was your kid that you adopted and- Your son, period. Yeah, this is your son. And you can't just give him up because, oh, it's, it was Monday and it was out. I was having a day and it was too much for me. Like you don't do that. And this is very, especially this is after, very little fires. Isn't it? Sorry. It oh, is. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> especially after you've made so much money off of this kid. And it's just like, you know, I just think that there should be like some kind of regulations or like something, especially when people monetize their families. Because like I said, with, um, what was that show, Love is Blind, where people, they were, like, monetizing their relationship? Cameron and what's her name? Right. Lauren. Lauren. Cameron and Lauren monetizing their relationship. 
I'm like, especially when you, you're not in it for the relationship anymore. You're in it for the money. And then, right. so she, this family probably went on this thing. Oh, guess how many likes we can get? Guess how much money we can get if we do this? And then you're like, okay, I can't deal with it anymore. I'm done. But it's just like, there should be some kind of regulation because it's right. basically exploitation of the, of the kid and of the situation. It is. And what I, what I read is that the child was autistic. And in the video, they were like, we're not going to put, I liked his name. His name was like, was he, Helix or Houghton or something? Huxley. He had a cool name. Oh, Huxley. I yeah. liked his name. They were like, they were like, you know, we're not going to put Huxley's name information out there because we want to protect him. I'm like, no, if y'all wanted to protect uh-uh. him, y'all would have, y'all would have kept him in your home. You would have dealt yeah. with him as if he was your real child. But y'all are racist white folks because who got this Asian baby, treating him different, taking him from his motherland, not understanding his culture, not acclimating him to your life, and then cheating him like the stepchild like he's some talent shit. They deserve to have no children. Well, they said they wanted Type to protect nasties. his privacy. They said they wanted Bullshit. to protect his privacy. And I'm like, the, but, but y'all, but y'all, been gone. Thank you. Y'all make your life by being not private. Yeah. See, yeah. You don't get to be a, a, a public person like that and put all your business on front street and then claim mm-hmm. privacy for protection you want. That yeah. shit irks the death out of me. Yeah. It irks the shit out of me. Yeah, and so I was watching some videos. Um, it was mostly like social workers who were just saying how wrong the situation was and just how that family just is pretty horrible. So maybe he will be better off without them because they were a mess. Yeah, but that's it. Mm. Well, my said what I said this week goes to many people who were engaging in the protest. We kind of touched on this earlier, but there was this one video that I saw on the internet of this white girl who was out there with her Black Lives Matter sign, and she was wearing like black lingerie and a negligee. And she was posting and taking pictures. And there was other videos of like white girls pulling up to like help look as though they're boarding up shops yeah. and getting in their car. Like bitches is really out here doing shit for the gram and losing their whole job. Losing friends, losing their dignity, losing their integrity. Mm-hmm. Like, I get that, like, the revolution will not be televised because it's going to be fucking streamed. Like, you know, it's just, it's all on the mm-hmm. internet. And, but it's too, too much. And to be honest, not that I have reluctance in posting, but it's just, I'll post when I want to fucking post. But I don't feel compelled to say something because I have that lived experience. But also, I feel like the way in which some people on social media are engaging with this uprising seems very opportunistic. It seems very yucky, for lack of a better word. Mm-hmm. And it just seems, honestly, just disingenuous. And, you know, I can't, like, even, like, I don't know if you saw Instagram, like, all those people, like, I'm a Black man, I'm a Black woman, I don't put other Black men or women down. It's basically like a mm-hmm. shame email. But then it's like, everyone's yeah, posting first traps. It's, but, it's, but, it's, but it's like, why are y'all using Black Lives Matter as an opportunity to thirst trap? Oh. It kind of goes to your point last week. It's just, mm-hmm. I think that social media is a very powerful tool to communicate, to disseminate information, to reveal the truth about what happens through the devices in which we all hold in our hands. However, some people use the powers for bad, and it's just such a narcissistic platform. Mm-hmm. And people are out here, again, having weddings, engagements, people out here voguing, people are out here purposely taking all Lives Matter signs out. It's just, they co-opt. And I think that, you know, the thing with social media is just this whole last month has required me to kind of, again, curate who I'm following, because there's just a lot of mess out there. And I'll admit, yeah. 
I, I love following the Instagram bots. I do. But their content isn't always the best. So maybe maybe yeah. I'm reading. Maybe my problem is myself this week. Maybe I have yeah. to stop <laughs> having an obsession with the booties and the abs of Instagram and um, stop expecting more from them. That was a full circle moment. Damn, Justin, I said what I said. You know what that's Damn. called? Growth. Growth. Yes, now it's time for our last and my favorite section of tens, tens, tens across, the, across board. the board. You want to go first? Or shall I? I'll go. Um, I'll so go my first. tens. Okay, huh? okay, go ahead. No, you okay. go. No, you go. You go. Okay. Um, so my tens this week is going to Mr. Alexis. I always say his last name is Williams because I don't know how to pronounce it. Ohanian. Oh, Ohanian. Yes. Yeah. I was. I was <laughs> on the. I was looking at the show notes. I was dead ass googling Alexis Williams, and I was kind of embarrassed to ask you who it was. I did not put two and two together. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, husband of uh, yes, Serena uh, Williams. <laughs> Uh, Alexis. Yes. So he was the co-founder of Reddit, and he was the executive chair- chairman um, of Reddit. He announced his resignation from the company's board because he said that, um, you know, he wanted to do what was right in this moment, and he was also encouraging his colleagues to fill his um, his vacant seat with a black um, person. Uh, he also sat down with Serena, and they did like a kind of like a discussion interview kind of situation and he wanted to talk about you know what motivated him to do it and he said that you know he wanted to do it um because of his uh daughters because he has a black daughter actually he has two he has olympia and then quay quay <laughs> oh quay 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 yeah. quay quay be everywhere be doing the most but he said that if um olympia asked him you know what did you do in this moment he said he wanted um to you know, say he wanted to make the world a better place and, you know, really show that he took action in this moment. He also donated a million dollars, which I think is like the baseline donation for a celebrity. Right. Because they got a, like, well, he got a lot of money. Right. Like, wealthy, beyond wealthy. Yeah. He, and I mean, he was going to quit his job anyway sooner or later. So it ain't no <laughs> He probably got but, laid off. <laughs> but um yeah i feel like that's the baseline because if you donate less than a million dollars and you if you got more than a million dollars in the bank and you don't donate less then people are going to look at you like that's it um dragged. yeah but he donated a million dollars to um the colin kaepernick know your rights um campaign and so it was good like i encourage everybody to go check out their discussion a lot of interracial couples are having to have that discussion um, oh, lately. Cameron and Lauren did one. <laughs> okay, who sponsored it? Because no one, I, know, I, I know I know it was a sponsor post. Um, Eve actually <laughs> caught backlash for her because she made comments about saying it was difficult to talk to her white husband about issues regarding race and racism. Also, mm. I think he's not even, he's not American, but still. He's you British. Know, yeah um and then tika sumter tried to throw some post out there too and i was like girl nobody asked you 
<laughs> her husband's hot though. Have you seen her husband? He cute or whatever, but he is cute. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah, so it's 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 a good even I in my relationship I've had to we've had to have some conversations about about it um recently. So it's just right. you know, it's on a people a lot of people's minds and then also being in an interracial relationship, it just adds another layer to it because I think I do feel that a lot of people, um, I'm gonna just leave that there. But yeah, it's a conversation that needs to be had. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, turn to you, Alexis Williams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm gonna put my little law hat on and be a geek for like just three minutes. My turn this week goes to New Jersey Supreme Court nominee, Fabienne Pierre-Louis. This is a historic nomination by our governor, Governor Murphy. Um, and he has nominated the first Black woman to be a Supreme Court justice on the Supreme Court of the state of New Jersey. Um, once confirmed, and if confirmed, she will be the first Black woman and the third Black person to be a uh, Supreme Court Justice in New Jersey. She is only 39 years old. Um, and you have to understand the significance. Like, the New Jersey Supreme Court has been around for 244 years. She's only the third Black person and the first Black woman. So this is historic, and mm-hmm. it kind of goes in line with the whole weak stakes that we were talking about earlier. And I just feel like, you know, people look at the national scale, but you also have to look at your local and state-level scale. This is a big deal for the state of New Jersey. Also for this woman, at 39, she's a mother of two. She's a wife. Um, you know, her parents were first came over as immigrants from Haiti. She's a first generation American. She's a graduate of Rutgers Camden Law School, right in the Philadelphia area. Oh, that's my she friend. Worked at the oh, US... no, she didn't go there. Oh. <laughs> she worked at the she US went Attorney's to the other Office. Rutgers. Okay. Oh, no, Rutgers, Rutgers Law School in mm-hmm. Newark? In Newark, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know her. Hey, girl. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um, still Rutgers Law and. Um, it's exciting because she worked for nine years in the U.S. District Attorney's Office for the state of New Jersey, or District of New Jersey in Camden. She was the head of the office dealing with narcotics, crime, all that stuff. So uh, she'll likely be confirmed, definitely be confirmed. It's exciting, and I'm just proud of her. And as someone who works in the profession, it's really fine to see a 39-year-old Black woman become a Supreme Court justice. So tends to you, Ms. Pierre-Louis. Tends to you, girl. Yes, girl. All right, guys. So thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Category Is. Oh, also, I want to give a quick shout out to Lil oh. Bitch, to Lil Bitch Podcast. They are out of um, Sheffield in the UK. They gave us a shout out on their podcast a couple of weeks ago. I meant to to give it back to them. But um, yeah, shout out from across the pond. Shout out. Yes, girl. All right. Well, well uh, we bid you adieu. <laughs> They don't say that over there. That's French. Cheers. Cheers, Cheers, mate. Yeah. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. All right. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Category Is. Be sure to like, rate, and review the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on all things social media at Category is Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And you can contact us at CategoryIsPod at gmail.com. Check us out on the web at CategoryIsPod.com.